0: Hey everyone, and welcome to The Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party, causing all your friends to question, hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I'm your host, Michael and for the next few minutes, we will swim through the river of time to try and find out what makes it a truly unique. In this episode, we examine the events that occurred March 9th. Do you know the story of the Amistad? They made a movie about it, but I actually haven't seen it yet. It's been on my list of films for years, but for one reason or another, I've never actually sat down to watch it. So when it popped up in my list of topics, I decided, as I often do, that it was time I learned about this particular event in history. Fair warning, though, most of this episode comes from History.com. The story begins, as all stories begin, in February of 1839. This was when Portuguese slave hunters went and abducted hundreds of Africans from what is now Sierra Leone, and took them to Cuba to be sold as slaves. The thing was, the slave trade had been abolished, by this time, officially. The United States, Britain, and Spain had all abolished the importation of slaves, but it still managed to happen. So who was buying? Well, it was the same type of people that were buying before, rich plantation owners. Fifty-three captives were sold and were then placed on the Amistad by Pedro Montes and Jose Rios to be taken to their plantation in Cuba. Of the 53, 49 were men, four were children, and three were girls. So now that they were on the boat and to another part of Cuba, against their will, one man knew he had to do something. And so with that, Singbei Pei started working on his shackles and after a little bit of work, three days into their voyage, Singbei unshackled himself and began to free his fellow captives. Once free, they killed the captain and the cook and then took control of the ship. It was then that they turned their attention to Ruiz and Montez and demanded that they change course and head towards Africa. And at first they did, until the night came and they changed course once again in order to head north towards the Caribbean and eventually the east coast of the United States. By this point in our story, some time had passed, and it was now August 24, 1839. The Amistad was off the coast of Long Island when it was finally captured by the U.S. brig Washington. Once the ship was taken in, Ruiz and Montez were set free, and the African captives were arrested and imprisoned for murder and piracy. Surprisingly, the criminal charges were dropped fairly quickly. What kept them in prison, however, was their legal status and the property claims of the officers on board the Washington, the Spanish government, and Ruiz and Montez. Then-President Martin Van Buren wanted to send them back to Cuba, but not everyone in the country felt the same way, particularly in the north. And so a few of them got together and raised money in order to pay for the best defense that they could buy. The arguments made at the trial were who were the rightful owners of the captives of the Amistad. It was a different time. The Washington's commander was Lieutenant Thomas Gidney, who sought salvage rights as compensation under maritime law. They sued because they felt that they were owed a portion of the ship's cargo. Ruiz and Montez sued because they stated the Africans were their private property and not part of the salvage sale of the ship. The Spanish government said that since the Amistad was rescued by a U.S.-owned ship, they were obligated, under international treaty, to return the ship and its cargo to Spain and its Spanish owners. The African men also argued that since they were free men in Africa, had been kidnapped, and taken to a place where the importation of slaves was illegal, they should be released and set free. In January 1840, it was ruled that the men were not slaves and that they should be set free after being illegally captured and sent home to Africa. And that's when the appeal started. An attorney for the U.S. government appealed to the Supreme Court and the case was taken before them. It was then that former President John Quincy Adams was brought in to defend the men as he was a strong voice of anti-slavery. The debates began on the 24th of February, and Adams accused Van Buren of abusing the powers of the executive branch while defending the African men's right to freedom. Adams' main point in the case was the Declaration of Independence, saying, The moment you come to the Declaration of Independence, that every man has a right to life and liberty, an inalienable right, this case is decided. I ask nothing more in behalf of these unfortunate men than this declaration." So what was the deal with Martin Van Buren? I hear you asking me. Well, if he sent the men back to Spain, he was interfering with the judicial process and the separation of powers. But if he let the judicial process take place, then the courts might free the men, which would anger the pro-slavery South, and lose him votes he needed for an upcoming election. You have to remember that while the importation of slaves was illegal, it was not illegal to have slaves and so Van Buren had to walk his political tightrope. Ultimately, and fortunately, he let the trial happen, and the men were found to be free in the first trial. With Adams arguing in the second, the year was 1841, and on this day, March 9th, after two years, the African men held captives as slaves aboard the Spanish ship the Amistad were deemed free in a 7-to-1 vote by the Supreme Court. In the trial, the Supreme Court understood that the United States had obligations to Spain under the treaty, but that it never could have intended to take away the equal rights of the Africans. They also rejected the idea that the U.S. brought forward, saying that the African men violated the laws of the prohibition of the slave trade. Amazingly, the argument was this. Since they commanded a slave ship into U.S. waters, they violated these laws. The Supreme Court came back and said that they could not possibly intend to import themselves into the United States as slaves or for sale as slaves. So now that they were once again free, what happened? Well, they were free to return home, but were given no real means to do so. As in, no ship. No tickets on a ship, no compensation for their time in prison, and no reparations. In November of 1841, abolitionists again raised money to send the men home, only this time they had fewer numbers to deal with. Only 35 of the original 53 had survived the whole ordeal. These survivors were put aboard a ship to be taken home. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. that helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.